The following contest is scheduled for one fall! I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello, you beautiful sweaty marks out there. This is Stat Dragon Duplex, episode 14. We are covering AW Dynamite from the 10th of March. Today is the 15th of March, so... We've finally caught up. We're caught up with AEW television. Thank fuck. Uh, Randy's still at work. He's back later on this week. And you've just got me just now. But I'll fling you over to Randy live and pre-recorded from the North Sea. Hello, Mikey, and hello, fellow duplexers. We're back again with a regular scheduled content with Dynamite, March 10th edition, post-revolution, and... This is just a great show. We're fucking we've hit the ground running with this one. And I'm excited to cover it. Let's let's kick it off, Mikey. Aye. First match of the night we had Ray Phoenix of the Death by Angle versus Matt Jackson of the Jackson Five. <laughs> nope, that's not right. The Young Bucks. It was a good match for kicking off the show. It was fast paced, some cool spots in there. And just a bit of a teaser of what we could expect in the big tag match for the titles. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, have they said when this tag team title match will be taking place? And also during the match we were cutting to the SCU, who are the number one contenders, going to take on whoever wins the match between the Young Bucks and Death Triangle. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the match, Mikey? Run it down for his mate. Okay, mate, yeah. Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson. Every time that Ray Phoenix, my boy, does a dive to the outside, I just start cringing, man. I'm just waiting for the day that he just snaps a bone. He's just so quick when he does it. It just looks scary as fuck, man. He always hits the rails so hard, and it's going to happen. You keep tempting fate, it's going to fucking happen. At one point... uh, They've got a sharpshooter locked in, and JR, sorry, Matt Jackson's a sharpshooter locked in on Ray Phoenix, and JR asks, is that a sharpshooter or is it a scorpion deathlock, you know? I mean, I don't think JR's ever really called Sting's matches before, so that was quite funny. Then Excalibur replies, if Sting does it, it's a scorpion deathlock. And then says, I mean, if you want, you could call it a Sasori Kotami, which is what its original name is. Apparently, not invented by Bret Hart. That's what I learned today. I was invented by a dude called Riki Choshu. So, fun fact for the day. Phoenix goes for his now patented tightrope punt kick and Matt moves out of the way, hits him with a Canadian destroyer uh, from the outside in and then takes Phoenix outside and hits him with another Canadian destroyer on the outside. So I guess he wanted to cover him a fucking tour. Later on, Phoenix goes to drop kick Matt Jackson who rolls out of the way which allows Phoenix to cunt Nick Jackson on the outside. And then Matt Jackson's raging, so he takes revenge by super-kicking Pac, who sells it in typical fashion of just flopping back like his fucking heels are on hinges. The ending was a really nice, smooth sequence, as you can expect. A super-kick to Phoenix, who hit the deck, kips up, hits an enziguri. By the way, I learned someone else today about Japanese wrestling. Enziguri... So en- Enzui is Japanese for your medulla oblongata, which is the fucking bit, like the top of your spine that connects to your brain. 
and giri means to chop. So it's actually in Japan, it's known as the medulla oblongata chop, which I thought was fucking cool as fuck. And uh, enziguri sounds cool here as well. And if you're wondering what the difference is between a shining wizard and an enziguri, enziguri is to the back of the head, hence medulla oblongata, and shining wizard is to the fucking face. So every day is a fucking school day, man. Uh, I'm getting really geeky over this. Phoenix wins with a tombstone. How many fucking tombstones have we seen now? A lot. I don't have a number. Uh, probably a good way to push this feud forward, I think. Uh, Phoenix showing that the Bucks should be fucking scared of losing their belts. And I feel like they're going to lose the belts, man. I feel like if they don't lose the belts to the death by angle, then they're going to lose it to SCU. But I feel like they might do the whole death bangle win, death bangle beat SCU, SCU break up angle. What are you feeling about that? Ray Phoenix picks up the win. What is the move that he does? What is that finisher that he's fucking got there? Because to me, I've got move blindness and it just looks like a one-winged angel. But it can't be. There's no chance they would have him do it and Kenny Omega doing it when it's the most protected finisher in AEW at the moment. Or is it? Oh, it Fuck is. it, yes it is. I've decided it is a good match. Like I said, fast-paced, good match. Ray Phoenix wins. If we've not got a date for the title match yet, I hope that we just see like more mixing about between the tag teams. You can have Matt Jackson versus Pac next, then Nick versus Ray Phoenix, and then Nick versus Pac. Yeah. You've just got like another three solid weeks of good matches in this. And then that'll take you your tag team title match, and then it'll be your SCU versus the winners of that afterwards. And I think that'll be the same, like a long build, and you'll have your SCU versus the champions at the next pay-per-view. And that's where SCU will lose and have to quit as a tag team. Yeah. And there will be tears on that day, mostly from me. (laughs) Then we cut backstage and we've got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley just shitting on the end of Revolution yeah, and good on them they said that Kenny Omega and the Starfish Island boys just done a shite job of trying to kill John Moxley <laughs> but I wonder how this is all going to play out are they going to try and find another way to write off John Moxley, is it even worth it at this point now it's paternity leave at the end of the day isn't it what do we get fucking two weeks at most Yeah, and they're working one night a week on Dynamite ah fuck it just let him wander off for a month or so and he'll be back he'll be choking to get back fucking hell nobody wants to be at home for that long again we'll just say it we fucking love that white t-shirt the deathmatch shirt (laughs) even though it was a disappointing end Mm -hmm. I'm still going to buy the fucking shirt you're going to buy the shirt Yeah. everybody's going to buy the shirt but the biggest thing for this is just how good the banter between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston is. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them in a tag match next week, but we'll cover that later. And I'm excited for that. It'll be cool. I hope we, I hope they're fucking pally for a good while yet. I don't want this to be a case of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley pals for two weeks at most. And then something fucking flips in Eddie's head again and he's a cunt. Yeah. And after John Moxley, let the two of them be cunt together. That's fine with me. Yeah. You're not going to really boo for them anyway now. No. After how much we love Eddie Kingston, nobody's really going to be like, ah, oh, I hate Eddie Kingston, he's such a shit heel. He's a good heel. Mm-hmm. We love Eddie. Give us more of this. What are you thinking on this promo, Mikey? What you got to say, mate? Mate, this promo was fucking hilarious, man. Like, you had Moxley sitting there 
like weekend at Bernie's with the fucking sunglasses on. I thought they were doing a whole thing of he was actually dead. He wakes up about halfway through Eddie cutting a usual, you know, his usual very loud shouty promos. Moxley loves a loud shouty promo. And um, first thing I've got to say, as much as Moxley's fucking white t-shirt is cool as fuck, Eddie Kingston's wearing a DMX hoodie, which I fucking need in my life, man. It's so cool. Anyway, there they were slagging the big bomb in inverted commas. You can't see me doing it uh, at the end, saying asking if it came from Acme, from the Looney Tunes. And then they conclude that Impact paid for it. So that's why it was shit, which I thought was fucking great. Eddie's saying that Kenny must have done it on purpose and Moxie's saying, no, he just fucked it up. We now know the shoot truth is that they did just fuck it up. Yeah, they're drinking buddies again. Yeah, that's pretty much it, mate. It's uh, good to see. Right, so that brings us next to Cody Rhodes versus who the fuck is Seth Gargas? Seth Gargas these nuts. Anyway, here comes Cody. At first, I thought a fan was screaming, yeah, but... It turns out it's actually the start of his theme song and I never noticed it before. So there you go. Yeah, there's a couple of slams and a figure four leg lock and it's over. What's the point? Who cares? I mean, it was shit. Tony the Shagger comes out to have a chat with Cody and big beefy yarn and Penta El Cero Miedo interrupts. He's in a Hugh Hefner suit. He looks fucking magnificent. And he uses a translator to tell Cody that he's a thousand times better than Cody. And if Cody's the prince of pro wrestling, Penta is the lord of lucha libre. So Penta switches to English to say very little, and then switches back to Spanish to say he could snap Cody's arm so bad he wouldn't be able to pick up his new baby girl. A wee stramash light. Not really fussed, to be honest, mate. There wasn't really much here. Aye, so Cody gets his squash match. He's lost fucking two weeks in a row now. Lost to Big Shaq. And then lost the face of the revolution, so he takes on Seth Gargis and wins the absolute squash match with a figure four leg lock. And after the match, big fucking Penta interrupts him. So where has Penta been? Has he just been kicking about on Spanish commentary for the past weeks whenever we thought he was injured or out of action? He must have been injured. I don't know, but that's cool. It's cool that he's still kicking about. I thought fucking Pac and Ray Phoenix just fucked him off and they were doing their own thing. <laughs> So by the looks of it, the way that this was all playing out, we've got a heel pentagon taking on a face. Again, air quotes here, a mm. face, Cody. Yeah. Cody's just becoming more and more of a cunt, isn't he? I think so. Ah, well. Again, AEW have just came off the Revolution pay-per-view and they're going for strength to strength with this stuff. I mean, a Cody penta match is going to be class next week. Yeah. And then, after all of this, we go backstage... With the best friends in some video game arcade. And mm-hmm. f- it's what we said, isn't it? It's exactly what they said. They want one more match against the wedding party. Yeah. Is this going to be one more match? Is it just going to be one more tag match? And then we have Orange Cassidy versus Miro, which everybody's looking for. I'll bet you they don't even give us that. They'll be teasing it for us, and they'll end up giving us like Chuck versus Kip Sabian, which <laughs> won't be a bad match. Don't get me wrong, it'll be a decent match. But the people want Miro versus OC, the freshly squeezed yeah. man himself. Ah, I don't know. What you're taking on this, Mikey? Honestly, mate, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I, I kind of feel like we both wanted this feud to be. We both wanted this feud to be over last week. So the fact that it's not 
just kind of feels like you're getting extras from a movie that you weren't really enjoying. Yeah, OC versus Miro will be cool. Outside of that, I'm not really that bothered. I mean, the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is Charles... I like calling him Charles. If Charles loses this next match, then he'll be Miro's butler forever. So does Miro win? And then get the kind of butler forever, and then you get OC fighting back for him. I don't know how it works, but it's going to be... I like a lumberjack match, but instead of wrestlers, they've got arcade machines kicking about outside the ring. So the arcade machines won't be able to throw them back in. I guess they'll probably just break under their weight. Do you know what? It should be fun. As soon as they mention some stupid gimmick like that, I'm like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. You've got me back. Fine. Whatever. I'm back involved. So we come back from the adverts, and we've got a Sting promo. And Sting is just pretty much man-crushing all over Darby Hardy, mm-hmm. Darby Allen, whatever you want. But all the loving was cut short when out comes Lance Archer with Jake the Snake. At this point, does Lance Archer need Jake anymore? It seems as though he's... I don't know how Lance Archer was before cutting promos. If he was maybe a bit nervous with him. I've never seen him do a promo before, but... It doesn't really seem as though he needs Jake, and maybe Jake could be put to better use with another fucking person now, another up-and-comer. Just keep him fresh, keep him going, but, man, even yeah. fucking Jake's taking the bumps now, the two of them are just being a well-oiled machine. Is it going to be a case of Lance Archer starts managing Jake Roberts? <laughs> that would be mental. That would be a crazy match, Jake the Snake versus Sting. It's never going to happen. No. Jake has long passed it even though he's still taking the bumps like a champ. But what are you thinking about this? Do you reckon Lance Archer is going full heel again? Which is mental, because he had like that little face yeah. moment with Ray Phoenix a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and for the past few weeks leading up to Revolution, it looked as though he was starting to be a good guy. Yeah. And that's quickly been undone now in this whole one-minute promo that he's cut. I just want to know what's happening, what you're taking away from it, monkey man. Honestly, man, I'm gutted that he's not going to be a face anymore. Like, I I really enjoyed him as a face. But then again, oh, well, nah, never mind. I was going to say maybe Sting's more of a tweener because of the way he acts, but he's a fucking baby face, man. I'm talking shit. How could you make Sting a fucking heel? Yeah, I guess that's it. They want... I guess Sting maybe wanted to face Archer and they didn't want to do a face versus face thing because of who Sting is. He's like the guy who, I don't know, he's like the, I guess they called him the vigilante, didn't they, in WWE, but I don't like using the shitty terms they have. They're like, oh, here's a new guy, what can we call him? Well, why don't we look up another fucking noun out of the dictionary and put the in front of it? Well, we can call him the artist. It's like, yeah, sure, let's call Shinsuke Nakamura the fucking king of strong style. Why don't we just call him the artist? Fucking shite. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, Archer interrupts the celebration, says he's wasting his time. Archer's heel again, it looks like. The thing I really liked about this promo was Jake the Snake's extremely raspy voice walking away going, Bah, Stanger! That, that made me laugh. But other than that, man, Sting versus Archer will be good. I just wish Archer wasn't heel again. Like, I, I, yeah, they're kind of doing a bit of a big show with him, which is a shame. I liked him as a face. Yeah, so next we've got a wee backstage segment. you got QT Marshall and Lee Johnson. Uh, QT is playing the face now after being a cunt revolution. Uh, you know, eliminating his pals in the Nightmare family. And then spitting on Dustin during a pandemic. Now of all times, bastard. This leads into 
All Ego, Ethan Page. Or as I called him last week, who the fuck is Ethan Page? Versus Lee Johnson, our favourite little jobber. The little jobber that could. Ethan Page's tracky top has Page on it, and it's in the Red Dead Redemption font. I don't know if anyone out there caught that, but I certainly did. Didn't have much interest in this match going in, man. It was my let's go fetch a beer match. I was just like, okay, two people I'm not really that bothered about. Anyway, I did notice while I was watching it and fetching my beer that Ethan Page is dead horny for a backbreaker, isn't he? Like, he did a big swinging, like, sidewalk slam backbreaker and Randy Orton-style elevated DDT set up outside on the rails and then he spun it into a backbreaker. He did do a springboard cutter, which was nice. Uh, no reaction from the crowd. Getting a wee Conway pop. Um, I get the crowds are small and they're mostly made up of people from their own roster, but Jesus Christ, man, you can't be giving a Conway pop to two people trying to get over. It's just doing no one any favours. You'd be thinking that all the wrestlers on the outside would be thinking, okay, cool, he's done like a pretty sweet move there. We should probably be like, woohoo, at least. Do you know what I mean? But hey, it is what it is. Then Ethan hits Lee with his Razor's Edge. Sorry, they've now renamed it Eagle's Edge. Season desist from Disney, I'm guessing, because it was a Splash Mountain last week. It wasn't even last week, fucking four days ago. So yeah, he hits him with the Eagle's Edge, and he wins. And like I said before, I wasn't really into this match, man. After the match, there's some heelish cunt tricks from Eagle. What's his name? Ethan Page. And then Dustin comes in and chases him away. And then QT Marshall's there. He was at the sidelines for the match. And he turns his back on Dustin and walks out of the arena. What a bastard. Yes, so Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson. This was Ethan Page's like singles debut coming out from Impact. And he wins with, it looks like a Razor's Edge. Was it a Razor's Edge? Yeah. Outsider's Edge? Whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Is he just stole this move for Scott Hall, is what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, because the big takeaway for this match is that QT Marshall may possibly have fucked off from the Nightmare family. This is where it's going to absolutely blow my mind, because I'm 100% sure that QT Marshall is the head trainer for Cody Rhodes' wrestling school, the Nightmare Factory. So what, what does that mean then? Is he going to, like patch them on Wednesday nights on Dynamite <laughs> but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday he'll be at the Nightmare Factory <laughs> working for them as normal they've not thought this through Kayfabe is life the kids? Kayfabe is life all these young up and comers that he's supposed to be training has anyone <laughs> thought about these poor bastards they've been paying good money to get trained off QT Marshall and now he's just fucked off with the Nightmare family more importantly what does it mean for my man Dustin because I love seeing a bit of Dustin in the ring a bit of Gold Dust. Could we have a QT Marshall versus Dustin Rhodes as a singles match? That would be fun. Yeah, 100%. But I think this is going to be leading up to a QT Marshall versus Lee Johnson. Maybe not on the pay-per-view, but like so? a big Wednesday night match. See, next time we do like a Wednesday night special episode, I think it'll be QT Marshall versus Lee Johnson in there. That could be interesting. That could be fun. But we will see what happens. Keep the kayfabe alive. When we go backstage, is it Marvez? I can never remember who does all the fucking interviewing. Marvez. Anyway, whoever it is, I'm talking to Hangman Adam Page, and he has quickly spunked all the big money, Matt's money. <laughs> big money, Matt's money. <laughs> fucking say that five times <laughs> fast. So, yeah, I can't remember what he bought. The big fucking takeaway is he's probably bought a fuck ton more alcohol. 
mm-hmm. and he's bought that big ride-on lawnmower. Yeah. He's got all his pals of Dark Order with him. They're just having a fucking right old good time. Mm-hmm. So they all decide to go to the bar for a drink, and they all try and jump on the lawnmower, all apart from one of them, because I can't even remember which one it was. They all wear the masks, they all look the same. Alan That's Angels. not racist, they're wearing masks, right? <laughs> Before any of you start at me, don't cancel culture is already. They're all white. But as soon as Adam Page tries to like drive off camera with all these troops piled on the lawnmower, you can see the thing starts to starts to give way, starts to tip a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Colt Cabana shits the cell and jumps off just before it gets off screen. <laughs> I was howling. So what is next for Hangman Adam Page? This hasn't answered any questions. He's just got to blow all that money on more alcohol. And then when he needs more money, he'll come back for another big money match. I'm cool with that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on what's next for Hangman Adam Page? Man, I like this. It was Hangman Adam Page rolling in on his Hank Hill lawnmower. Um, I guess I should be saying more of lawns considering who won it off. Uh, it was Alan Angels that couldn't get on. Uh, you know what, man? I love dumb wrestling. You know I mean, like I'm sure everyone knows that now. Dumb, but fun. So, 8 out of 10. Why not? Also, I checked my spam inbox in my email for the first time in months, and I'm pleased to announce that my application to join the Dark Order was accepted. So they are now official friends of the show welcome guys your t-shirts are in the mail anyway what's next for hangman adam page fuck knows mate fuck knows i think obviously matt hardy is going to be going after the dark order and adam page still mates of the dark order the dark order have saved him more than once hangman's gonna to have to save them back i think that's how it works um when the Matt Hardy versus the Dark Order feud's finished, I think Adam Page is going to have a big say in how that finishes, and it's going to finish with the Dark Order going over. And I think from there we'll get something new. Maybe then you can start thinking about Hangman Adam Page going after the belt. I mean, get a Page versus Omega title picture, which is what we've all been wanting for fucking months. So... That's what I think. I think it's going to be a, the long game. I do hope you get a Matt Hardy versus the Dark Order thing, and I think it would make no sense at all if uh, Hangman Adam Page wasn't involved. So he needs to be involved in that. I don't want him to be at the forefront of it, but I do want him to be there when it ends. I want him to have a big part in why Matt Hardy gets beaten by the, the Dark Order. Yeah, so we've got Tony the Shagger. Uh, and he is interrupted by the Starfish Island. They come out the heel tunnel. Uh, the Good Brothers are with them as well. They are preluded by Kenny Omega's all-female street-sweeping conglomerate. So yeah, uh, Starfish Island comes out. He declares Kenny Omega the king of the death match. They bring up the explosion botch. They say that they're taking the blame for it being shite. Uh, Starfish Island himself, he won't confirm nor deny if it was their fault. But they're happy to have taken away whatever you wanted from it. So if you think it's kayfabe, then carry on. If you think it was shit, then carry on. They're basically saying, we don't give a fuck what you think, okay? Fuck off. Um, They slag Moxley off and Kingston off for dry humping and crying over four sparklers, essentially. And then out comes Eddie, raging. 
Starfish Island starts just buttering him up, man, just going about how amazing he is, and, oh, you're so cool, Eddie, you're so cool. And then they tell him to leave, and then they start the purge timer again, and Kenny lies on the floor and starts shouting, 69 me, Don, 69 me, which sounds like I'm making that up, but that is a direct quote from Kenny Omega to Starfish Island Don this week on Dynamite. He says, 69 me, Don, 69 me. So, Kenny says Eddie doesn't have the balls to attack him. So, of course, Eddie attacks him. Uh, the good brothers start battering fuck out Eddie. Moxley comes out for the save. You get your wee stramash. Bish bash bosh. And then here comes Christian Cage for the fucking save. And he set his sights on Kenny Omega. So, Kenny offers him a handshake. Christian says, you're arse. Kenny fucking swings. Then Christian grabs him. Sets him up for an unprettier. And Starfish Island Dawn pull Kenny to safety. Christian then lifts up the AEW title and that's him saying, you know what, mate? I'm fucking next in line. I'm next. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, we've probably got Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega in a exploding barbed wire Canada deathmatch. How about an exploding Canada deathmatch where you're they're both in Canada and there's barbed wire all around the border? And um, if anyone tries to cross the border back to America, then it blows up the whole of Canada. That's what I think they're going to do. It's the logical next step. So we're getting an exploding barbed wire Canada deathmatch next week between Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. My big takeaway for this is that Kenny Omega does not understand what the first one's free means. Eddie Kingston was there and Kenny said, right, go and hit me, the first one's free. <laughs> and Eddie Kingston says, fucking right, I'll do that then. And he hits him. <laughs> then he gets jumped. That's not free. That is not what that means. If the first one is free, it's free. You get hit and you forget about it. Mm-hmm. But then they're fucking heels, aren't they? Yeah. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. It's a liar. But yep, Christian made the save and it got close to hitting the finisher on Kenny Omega. What do you call the finisher, Mikey? Is it the kill switch or is it the, is it the unprettier? I know it is the unprettier, I'm sure. Yeah, me too. I've not heard it being called that in a long time. I'm pretty sure everybody calls it a kill switch now. Right, okay. I feel old. Anyway, so it could be Christian versus Kenny. Probably not for the title. That's just a wee teaser, a wee filler match. That'd be cool though. I'll be excited for that. And then next up we had all women's strumage wrestling. Yeah. Again, this is one that I can't I just can't get involved in it yet. It's not doing anything for me. I'm not that interested. Which is a real shame because they've got some fucking highlights on the roster women's wise. They're just not using them properly. I don't know what it is. It's not it's not it's just not there for me, mm-hmm. mate. So go on, tell us what were your thoughts on this match? Mate, I actually thought it was an okay match. I mean, there was some weird sloppy spots here and there, folk missing their cues, you know, it's it's kind of typical of a division who are just still getting used to working TV, do you know what I mean? So, uh, highlights that I had was that Maki Ito came out with a fucking mental entrance, by the way, it was hilarious. She came out like, hi, 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 and then started singing. And I don't know if you heard about this thing, I saw on Twitter, it was the person who does the subtitles for TNT had put over her singing sings mediocre at best, which I thought was fucking brilliant, by the way. Um, very passive-aggressive. Vicky Guerrero came in with the distraction. Rebel, not Reba. It came up on a fucking nameplate today. 
So Rebo is going to hit her with a crutch, but Thunder Rosa reverses it and ends up winning. So Britt Baker, as usual, she's acting the bastard after the match. Singes in the lockjaw. Rebel aiding with the crutch. Aiding? I don't really know if she was aiding, but she was trying her best to help. She was there. Rebel was there. And she had a crutch in her hand. And we're backstage again with Big Money Matt and Private Party. And it turns out Big Money Matt needs more money. And the way to get more money is to get more signings. Mm -hmm. So he's signed the Butcher and the Blade. I don't know if he's signed the Bunny or if she just comes as a package deal. But anyway, this is them now doing a temporary split from Eddie Kingston, which could be interesting. That could free Eddie up for a while. Yeah. I'm disappointed that we didn't get more of a payoff from Eddie and his family gimmick whenever he had Ray Phoenix, Pentagon, the Butcher, the Blade. It seems that whenever Pac came back, everything just kind of went to shit for him. Yeah. I think there was supposed to be a bigger payoff. We might get it later down the line. But yeah, Matt Hardy's now got the family. He's got himself, the private party, the butcher, the blade and the bunny. And Matt Hardy's wanting to join Ulster Madge Wrestling. Yeah. And go and take on five members of the Dark Order in a five-on-five match, I think. Yeah. So we'll see how that pays out for them. I think that's next week as well. We'll cover it later. Aye. So what are your thoughts on Matt Hardy taking on the Dark Order going forward, Mikey? You got to be excited for this at all. My main take from this man is that Matt Hardy's a fucking dumbass. He's a fucking idiot. I mean, he is like, okay, so Adam Page is making all my money for this first quarter. So what I need to do is make more money, which is going to go directly to Adam Page. So he's actually not punishing Adam Page. He's fucking giving him more money to buy more big fuck-off lawnmowers. If he's taking 30% of the Butcher, the Bunny and the Blade, that 30% is going straight to fucking Adam Page's bank account to be spent on bourbon. Stupid! So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I guess they're going with the gimmick that Matt is a bit... He's a shite businessman, basically. Yeah. There's no build-up to this. There's no logic that, that the Triple B have signed with Matt Hardy. There's no fucking logic there. I guess it does free up Eddie Kingston... I don't know, the Butcher, the Bunny and the Blade, I feel a wee bit sorry for. They're kind of getting pillar to post whenever they need someone to fill in as intimidating looking, but they're not going to win the feud, and that's what they bring in. It's a bit like Bray Wyatt back in the day. He'd never win any big feuds, so they're intimidating in stature, but not in status. Simple as that. Aye, so the next match is the TNT title match, Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky. So... Darby comes into the ring by rolling over the top rope, rolling over Scorpio Sky's back, and lands funny on his ankle. That's the f- big spot that I've got from this match. Um, I thought he'd shoot fucked it. Like, shoot fucked his ankle. Like, his ankle was proper fucked. Until I noticed that two minutes later he was hobbling on the other foot. So I was like, ah, okay, right. Remember your fucking injuries. Your kayfabe. Keep it kayfabe. This match was fucking bizarre. Were we not expecting, was not everyone expecting a big high-flying, high-risk, dangerous match? Were you not expecting Darby to come out with big, big, like, I don't know, tape and bandages around his ribs and, like, maybe work slow and then get Scorpio Sky to keep hitting his ribs and then Darby has to pull it out of the bag to win and, like, go high-risk and go fucking high-octane? It was the opposite. It was slow. 
There was loads of mat wrestling and rest holds. Maybe they are just genuinely sore from Revolution. They both had pretty wild matches. Um, but yeah, this was not the spot fest anyone expected. Darby's still excellent at selling. He still flops about like a fish out of water. The only big spot of the match I can think of was Darby goes for a coffin drop. Scorpio jumps up and reverses it into a powerbomb. And then Scorpio picks him up for a TKO. And Darby reverses it and rolls him up into an inside cradle and wins. It was fucking so disappointing. I don't know, man. I don't want to say it's a bad match. But it really, it felt bad because I walked out of it going like, ah, oh, this is the complete opposite of what I expected and not in a good way. Even JR himself was saying that it wasn't the high-risk, high-flying match that we expected. It was He used the word basic mat wrestling. And that's what it was. It was so, neither of them are like, like technical experts. It wasn't like watching fucking Daniel Bryan versus Kurt Angle, was it? It was fucking, yeah, I don't know, man. It just felt like a pre-show match. It was shite. Poor Scorpio Sky. After all that hard work grabbing that big golden hoop, this is the payoff, and it was shit. Um, but Scorpio Sky puts Darby in a heel hook after the match to break the ankle, so to speak. What a bastard. Before I give my thoughts on the match, Mikey did ask <laughs> me a question. He texted me earlier in the week and he said that Paul White mentioned that he really wants to work with Darby Allen. Paul White being the big show. And Mikey asked me, would I rather fight one big show sized Darby Allen or two Darby <laughs> Allen sized big shows? I knew straight away as soon as he asked the question who I was taking and it is going to be two Darby Allen sized yes. big shows because if you had one big show sized Darby Allen if he hit a coffin drop you would be dead <laughs> end of what about you Mikey? Ask yourself that question who would you take on? One big show sized Darby Allen or two Darby Allen sized big shows, mate? It's gotta be the two fucking big shows, isn't it? The two wee big shows. Because fuck taking on a huge giant of a man who can run about and flip about like Darby Allen and is willing to throw himself off anything. Um, I, I think it would have been funny to watch Brian Cage put uh, a big show sized Darby Allen in a body bag probably two body bags stitched together and filled with thumbtacks and throw them over the ropes. Um, but, hey, I wouldn't put it past the big roidy bastard to be able to do it. It's got to be the two big show-sized... Dar- Sorry, the two Darby Allen-sized big shows. I mean, I'm going to lose the fight anyway. I cannot fight to save my life. But, yeah, I think I've got a better chance of neutralising at least one of them. This match was a really weird one for me. I thought... Darby Allen would be selling a lot more of the injuries that he sustained from Sunday mm-hmm. on that street fight, but it didn't look as though he was that injured until halfway through the match or whatever. He goes over on his leg and he starts limping a bit. And Scorpio Sky was just all over that. This is Scorpio Sky now going full heel. And during the match, you could see that he was playing heel a wee bit and I was thinking, mm, do I like this? I'm not, I'm not too sure. Don't know if I like it or not. But by the end of the match, when something just snapped in his head, he is proper heel now, and yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah. It sold me so quick on this. I didn't think I would like it, but nah, they're doing they're doing justice with it, and it'll be cool to see Scorpio Skies a f- heel going forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be taking on Darby a bit more. But as for tonight, Darby wins with that wee shitey inside cradle counter. Yeah. Got the three count. Scorpio is full heel. Yeah. 
I'm loving it. I thought it would be it would just have been such a simple way to get the belt off of Derby League. You could just say, Oh, clearly I was fucked from Sunday at Revolution. Yeah. But then is it too soon to take the belt off him? I don't know. You could you could easily sell me either way on this. I'll take it you've already decided what way you thought this match should have went, Mikey, but for me at the moment I wanted Scorpio Sky to win it. It would have been an easy way to get the belt off Derby okay. and push him into maybe like probably not AEW number one contender, but get him up the card a bit more. That would have been cool for me. Okay. Then we get the rundown of next week's show on Dynamite. We'll cover that at the end. I'll give you what I think at the end. Yeah. But the final segment of the night, oh my God, the Inner Circle War Council. (laughs) Mikey, on you go, mate. Have at it. What are your thoughts on what transpired here? Someone call the council! Someone call the council! They did call the council. Jericho says he wants to add a new member to the inner circle. And MGF says, actually, mate, it's time to let someone go and stares him out. Now, out walks Sammy Guevara and he's walking out like a dog with two dicks. Sammy Guevara shows Jericho a video of MGF saying that he should be the next leader. Santana, Ortiz and Jake Hager... It's all backstage, it's from a few weeks ago, and they've all agreed, saying, yeah, you know what, mate, that's probably a good idea. Now, cut back to the ring, MGF says, sick em, boys, to these lads, and they turn on MGF. So they all start fucking towering in on him up in the corner. And who saw this coming? Fucking everybody. Now, where's Wardlow? As I'm like, where the fuck's Wardlow? Where's Wardlow? Where's Wardlow? Then Jericho kicks MGF out of the inner circle. Your ass is fired. I didn't want to take over your group because I was too busy building my own, says MGF, and the lights go out. When they come back on, we've got FTR, Tully Blanchard, Wardlow's here, and your boy, Sean Spears. I guess we're all surprised at this, right? Like, we were speculating whether or not they were going to do like a Cody... A four horsemen thing with FTR and Sean Spears. And do you think that could still happen? I, I guess it could. I know Cody and MGF fucking hate each other. But if they're going to turn Cody heel, this would be the stable to put him in, right? This would be the one, because this is the cunt stable. Uh, Inner Circle were always too silly to be the proper cunt stable. This is the cunt stable. And I'm I'm here for it, man. I am here for it. Do you think the Cody thing from last week was a thing now? The Four Horsemen thing that we came up with? Or do you think that was just Arn Anderson saying like, Yo, Tully, remember when we used to like hang out with fucking Ric Flair? Remember that? Remember that shit? Do you think it was more like that? Also, quick question. Uh, do you think this might be a prelude to a blood and guts match between the cunt circle and the inner circle? Should we call them the outer circle? The outer circle and the inner circle. I like that better. So, do you think it could be that? Do we have a blood and guts match here? Do we think this will make the inner circle a base stable, maybe? I mean, it probably could. I mean, there's no one in that stable that couldn't be a face. Do you know what I mean? The MJF circle, the outer circle, they kick the living shit out of the inner circle. End up powerbombing Jericho off the stage. And he's just lying there bloody and beaten. Yeah, the blood and guts match. That's what I want. That's what I fucking want. Blood and guts. 
the outer circle versus the inner circle. What do you make of this, man? What do you make of this? The first thing that I need to take away from this is that silver shirt that Jericho was wearing. That was just giving me flashbacks from old school Y2J <laughs> when he debuted on WWF. Yeah. That's the shirt he was wearing, that silver shiny fucking thing. And it is sexy AF. <laughs> but the bigger news coming out of it all, MJF has been playing the inner circle all along. Mm-hmm. He's got his own cronies. He has got his outer circle. I don't know what they're called yet. Do you know what they're called yet? We just need to tune in again for Wednesday mm-hmm. and see what they're called. But MJF has got his own crew. He's got himself, Wardlow, Sean Spears, FTR with Tilly Blanchard. It's just such a good dynamic, isn't it? Such a good balance. You've got like an MGF Jericho feud, FTR versus Santana and Ortiz, Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara, and Wardlow versus Hager again, if you want it. Two big meaty men beating off each other. (laughs) Who doesn't want to see that? Go on Pornhub and you can get it. (laughs) But as soon as Dynamite ended... All I could think of was give me these 10 guys in that blood and guts oh, match yes! that promised to us over a year yes! ago now. That is what we need. You've instantly just made yes! the inner circle a face faction. Oh, and it only took fucking, what, three minutes of that episode of Dynamite. No chance anybody would have thought inner circle are going to be a stable of faces, yet they've done it and they've done mm-hmm. it well. I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's happening next week now. Man. And speaking of next week, let's run down the matches right quickly and see what we've got. Before before Andy runs through this, I just gotta say that was not planned. That is that is both of our individual opinions. We haven't talked about this. We don't talk about uh, what we thought of the show before we do these shows. Uh, before we record, sorry. We just fucking go in blind to each other's opinions. So uh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that that's something that everyone's thinking about, or at least we're thinking about, that it's not just me. So hopefully it happens, man. Like, hopefully that... Man, I'm fucking excited now. I'm excited. Okay. We're going to go into uh, next week's stuff now. So next week's Dynamite is being billed as St. Patty's Day Slam, or St. Patrick's Day Slam. Sure. First match I've got here is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Good Brothers. Yes. I'm going Moxley and Kingston. I'm going all in with them. Okay. Who you got, Mikey? Exactly the same, man. Exactly the same. They should win this. They need to let the world know that they're hard as fuck. Next up, we've got a Jade Cargill in action. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's in action. Mm-hmm. If she's in action, she's going to win. It just needs to be, isn't it? They're not going to say in action and then have her lose. That would yeah. be absolutely mental. Yeah, in action's just cold wood for a squash match. That's all it means. So it's got to be Jade. And then we've got our Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And this is where I do need WWE booking to help me out here because I've got the memory of a goldfish. This is the match that we had like less than a month ago, wasn't it? And yeah. Britt Baker won with that dodgy turnbuckle <clears throat> removal and face into that. Yeah. So I think this will be Thunder Rosa getting her revenge and winning or all women's stromage and you're just going to have everybody get involved <laughs> and that no contest finish what you think Mikey? Very similar but I've gone the other way like I've said that I've written here AW like to give the good guys some revenge right and I've written wrong 
I think Britt Baker is going to win. But I think it is going to be a stramash. I think it's going to end up with everyone in the ring and blah, blah, blah. But I think they're going to double down on the baddies. Because there's not enough standout heels in the division. So, yeah, I think, fuck it, Britt Baker's going to win. This is where I got myself mixed up a bit. I thought we had Matt Hardy in the private party in the Butcher and the Blade taking on some of the Dark Order. I was wrong. It'll be the Matt Hardy Enterprise versus Jurassic Express and Bear Country. County or country? Country. Doesn't matter. Two big beefy boys <laughs> helping out Jurassic Express. And I think my money's got to be on the Jurassic Express crew. Because I think the Dark Order will decide, nah, fuck you, Matt. If you want to fuck with us, we'll fuck with you. What are you saying, Mikey? Yeah, man, I thought it was hard to call. But I actually think Matt Hardy's crew are going to pin either Marco Stunt or one of the Bears because who gives a fuck about those guys, you know what I mean? So I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be protected that way. And you'll keep them as being like a fucking badass, uh, a badass duo. But I think Matt Hardy and Pat Pat and all these guys need a bit of legitimacy if they've just had Butcher and the Blade join. So yeah, I think they're going to win. Matt Hardy and his cronies are going to win. Keep in mind that all the money from that match will go straight to Adam Page's pocket. Happy days. And potentially the main event of next week, we're going to have Cody Rhodes versus Penta El Zero Miedo. I might have been right. I might have just absolutely butchered it. <laughs> Give it to Penta. Give the win to Penta. Yeah, agree. And just snap something in Cody's head and put him heel. Just do it already. We want him heel. Yeah. We love a heel, Cody. It'll be good shit. Who, who's your pick, Mikey? Who have you got winning that match? I've got Penta, but I've got it with the help of Death Triangle because they can't be walking about calling themselves Death Triangle and being two separate storylines. So... I've put it down as a screwy finish, mate. Won't they please give us a screwy finish? Won't they please give us the screwy finish? Penta should win, and I think Death Triangle will be involved somehow. And that's us for another week on Snapdragon Duplex. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, all you shaggers out there for listening. We love each and every one of you. Don't forget to go follow me on Twitch at Randy Phil. I'll be home on Tuesday, and we should have a live, live, live... Mm-hmm. episode for Dynamite next week and I'm buzzing for it because we can get the fallout of what's happened from the Inner Circle War Council maybe we'll have a name of MGF's new faction there's only one way to tell tune in next week and let's all find out together catch you later Mikey take care troops cheers buddy another good episode in the fucking bag right so that's us for this week uh, thanks very much for listening uh, as usual you can find us on Instagram Snapdragon Duplex you can find us on Twitter Dragon Duplex you can find us anywhere you get podcasts you already know you're listening uh, Randy on Twitch as he said Randy Phil and you can get us on our website www.snapdragonduplex.co.uk and you can get all of the episodes on there you can download them save them on your computer Listen to them over and over and over again. Uh, send them to your ma for a late Mother's Day fucking gift. Who knows? So, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Appreciate all the support and all the love. And we've got nothing but love for you. So, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.